Did you know that nearly 40,000 people lose their lives in auto accidents every year in the United States? The open road certainly can be a dangerous place. Do you know one of the most frequent causes of motor vehicle accidents? It is a failure to yield. A failure to yield accident occurs when a driver is under a legal obligation to yield the right of way to others, but he or she fails to do so, causing some form of collision. A failure to yield can happen when a driver fails to obey a flashing yellow or red traffic light or fails to obey a yield sign. A driver attempts to make a left turn through an intersection but doesn't yield to the oncoming traffic traveling in the opposite direction or the driver is overly aggressive while merging onto a highway. Or a driver doesn't yield the right-of-way to a pedestrian using a crosswalk. Post-accident, it's not uncommon for legal action to occur, and lawyers will evaluate evidence to determine who's at fault. They'll scour all the evidence available to them. They'll peer into photos of damage to vehicles involved. They'll evaluate the scene, including the roadway configuration, surveillance video, witness statements, and police investigative reports. What does all this have to do with mission number two? Well, friends, everything. In today's episode, number 79, Bill and I propose you do just the opposite in your marriage. We invite you to yield, to give the right-of-way to your partner in assessing your marriage. Let's prevent the need to hire a lawyer to begin with. Instead, Take the initiative to evaluate the evidence in your last year of marriage. Listen in to this week's episode to find out exactly what we mean. You'll find key steps you can take to prevent redivorce. All right, family, let's get this week's mission revved up. Hey there, you're listening to Step Family Mission Possible, the podcast for step families with a focus on step family couples building their legacy together. We know that blending families is hard. And your hosts, me, Jen Rogers, along with my husband, Bill, are determined to make it easier. It's time to turn step family chaos into step family mission possible together. So you can stop feeling that pit in your stomach on transition day and start celebrating all the reasons why you are exactly in the right place right now. All right. Welcome to mission number two. Yes. And as a reminder, mission number one last week was to celebrate the beginning, the origin of your love story, to think back on the wonderful reasons why you got together. We had a lot of fun doing that. I hope our couples did too. We've heard from some of our listeners and we have a slot booked for Wanda Patrick to come back. And she's going to come back with her husband, Dak, and share a little bit more about their origin story. So very that excited exciting. about that. Yeah, it's going to be great. We are definitely looking forward to that. All right, today's mission. Mission number two, we've spent a little bit of time talking about the importance of protecting your marriage. Right. Specifically today, we want to share the importance of one decision for your marriage. Yeah, you have to make the decision that you are all in. There's a term from poker, you know, when you're going to put all your chips in the middle of the table, you're going all in. And that's what marriage is. Marriage is all in. 
make the decision to save your marriage no matter what. Cool. I like that expression. All chips in. I actually have played a little bit of poker in my time. Yeah. 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 All in all in means that uh, everything goes in and you're going down with the ship. If if you lose the hand, you're out. Yeah. But you're all in. Everything's on the line. Everything's on the line. And it really is. I mean, when we go into marriage, we go in for life. And we certainly go to the altar. And when we make that decision before the congregation, with our pastor, before the Lord and his angels, Mm -hmm. we are making a decision for life. And, And it's important that we remember that. Because most of us... Not all of us, but most of us got divorced. Mm-hmm. That's Many why we're did. in a step family, right? That's, that's how we got here. Which means we've already gone down the divorce road. And we know how bad it hurts. Mm-hmm. We have to make the decision that we're not going there again. When we make this decision to prevent divorce, if it's a first marriage, or prevent re-divorce for second marriages, mm-hmm. we came up with three things that were important. One of them was awareness that action is required. Action is required. That's right. And and that's true of all marriages. Action is required. You can't just sit around like a bump in the log. You know, it, it's really interesting to me how when we're dating, we're all about the action. I've, I've, I've got a mission. I've got to conquer this woman, <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden, She's in the bag, tagged and bagged, and now, now I'm done. Now I'm done. No. Gosh, I have to think about it. Have I, would I describe myself as tagged and bagged? I'm not so sure that I would, but you know, I, I might get downright historical on you on that term? one and bring that back. Yeah, it's a hunting term, and 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 it, it just means you know we make jokes all the time though about how men shop versus how women shop, right? And that's where tagged and bagged really comes from, you know, hmm. you know, yeah. but, but when you think about it, what I'm getting at is that we, we have this, this competitive nature to go out and, and get her or get him maybe. And now I've got him. And so I don't have to work as hard. Mm-hmm. We can get complacent. That's for sure. So this awareness that action is required, it's really important in preventing divorce. Uh, The second thing is being intentional, that your marriage is a daily thing. Each day, have the intention of preventing divorce, of investing in your marriage. Yeah, and I like like putting it that way. We're going to invest in our marriage. We're going to do things, kind things. The Lord tells us, you know, what is it that the Lord requires of you? In the book of Micah, he says to to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with God. Uh, Focus on that love mercy. Mm. Love mercy. I mean, we say we love one another. There really ought to be some mercy in there. That is a huge thing in terms of being intentional. We look at ourselves and we need to say, I am not all that in a bag of chips. Sometimes I think you are all the chips. <laughs> well, it's great if you call me that. Really, it is. But if I'm calling myself that, I've got a problem. There's no, no humility there. Okay, so awareness that action is required and being intentional in your marriage. And then the third thing that we came up with was being focused. 
you can't do all of it all the time, but you can do some things some of the time. Right. And you can choose to do one thing each day. That's important whether your marriage is uh, um, on the rocks or not. I mean, even if you're strong, that it's important to stay focused. Right. Part of what we've been talking about is this investing in your marriage slash preventing redivorce. There's a part of me that thinks that there are times where we don't recognize that we have a responsibility to prevent divorce, that we soften it up in all these words, and we have a false sense of security that our marriage is safe. But our marriages are under attack every single day. This is why you'll hear me emphasize as we're having this conversation, preventing redivorce, because somehow investing in your marriage sounds a little too sweet for me. I guess maybe this is what what God is really speaking to me about this sense of urgency that we actually need to prevent divorce. And by preventing divorce, we will be investing in our marriages. And by investing in our marriages, we will, of course, be preventing divorce. Yeah, it's a simpler way to, to talk about that is we need to move toward one another. Oh, right? like and we, we talked about intentional and focus. And part of that really does have to do with moving toward one another. And rather than insisting on my marital rights all the time, I have to be able to see. We know, we already know. As married couples, we're not going to agree all the time. Right. We're not supposed to. But often where we get off is we get so hard and fast about something that we just won't get off our position. So my recommendation would be don't articulate your position until you can articulate your partner's position. Hmm. So you've already disclosed our mission. So we're not saving it till the end. It's right here in the juicy middle. Okay, that's fantastic. That is the mission that in this goal of preventing redivorce, we are encouraging our couples to make a decision to be all in. All the chips are in mm-hmm. for their marriages, to protect their marriages, mm-hmm. and really to thrive in their marriages. Mm-hmm. And our strategy for doing that is exactly what you just said, that it's really easy for me to talk about me and what I think and what I feel and what I've experienced. But you asked me a question earlier, how easy is it for you to share my position? And it's a great question because when I can do that, when I can say, well, these are the things that I've observed and these are the things that I think are important to you, that opens up a conversation where you can help me see things that I might be missing and also acknowledge that, hey, she's paying attention because she's asking me about this. Yeah, it makes me feel understood. And that is so important. When you feel understood, you will move toward that middle position, that compromise, if you will, and compromise is not always bad, right? You will move toward that compromise much easier. Mm-hmm. If you can tell me why something is important to me, and I can tell you why it's important to you, then we're, we're much, we're a long way to working it out. Mm-hmm. So we might have some skeptics who are listening and saying, well, really, what's the benefit of doing all of this? Do I really need to have a happy marriage? Do I really need to prevent divorce? So we came up with some reasons why it's so important to 
prevent re-divorce. Yeah. So the first one is it honors your covenant and your vow. Yeah. And, and that's no small thing because your marriage is not just you and your partner. It is uh, everybody that's in your sphere and it's God. The Bible talks about in the book of Malachi that God wasn't hearing the prayers of the men who were not honoring their marriages. Mm-hmm. Think about that. God will not hear your prayers if you do not honor your marriage. That's a pretty big deal. That is a big deal. And it really leads into a second reason why it's important to invest in your marriage and prevent redivorce, and that's because it protects God's picture for your marriage. It, the whole thing is God's, right? God's mm-hmm. picture for your marriage is actually a picture of Christ and his church. Yeah. Would Christ divorce his church? I think God actually did issue a divorce certificate. Only to Israel in the old covenant. That's right. Never, never will in the new covenant. That's right. That's right. Amen to that. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. I mean, so the picture of marriage is not, you didn't make it up. God made it up. Mm-hmm. Right? We didn't make it up. Right. God no, we kind of mucked it up. <laughs> we mucked it up. We didn't make it up. That's right. God made it up. Just because I failed once doesn't mean I, I should fail again. That's right. Well, and I think that's where we take that learning and we apply it and make decisions that are really honed in on our partners and on our marriages. Okay, the third reason why it's a really great idea is that it influences and models a good marriage for your children who may not have seen a good one to begin with. Right. And boy, that's important. I mean, we we always talk about the importance of raising kids with a biblical worldview. What better way to do that than to model a a great marriage? Mm -hmm. And break that generational cycle Mm -hmm. of divorce. So good. So good. Number four. Here's a good one. It actually increases your chances of staying healthy. Although, I don't know if our listeners can hear it today or not, but you and I are both quite a bit... A little under under the weather. Quite a bit under the weather as we talk about mission number two, Mm -hmm. but we're fighting through it for sure. Uh, But overall, generally, we are generally pretty healthy. (laughs) Right. And, you know, we, we we stay very healthy. But yeah, stress is a huge mm-hmm. indicator of disease. Yeah. And what is one of the greatest stresses in all of life but marital conflict? You know, if we don't know how to deal with our marital conflict and we live that stressed life all the time, chances are we're going to live a shorter life. Mm-hmm. You're taking number five to say that we actually live shorter lives when we're not doing so well in our marriages. I know you like to say happy wife, happy life, but That's true. Ha- happy marriage. Happy lives. Okay. Uh, So to build on that, happily married couples tend to be more health conscious. They live years longer and they have healthier immune systems. Yes, they do. And they do it together. They do it together. (laughs) Those are some additional reasons why it's important to focus on protecting your marriage. And we were talking earlier a little bit we didn't go too far into it, but we were talking about spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And I had said, hey, don't let spiritual warfare become marital warfare. And I really do like that. There's a, there's a great thing. We, we talked about moving toward one another. You know, one of the things that we need to do a, a good job with is communicating what the real issues are. 
what are the real issues that have me at war in my marriage? It might not be a marital thing at all. I mean, sometimes there's a lot of misunderstanding that isn't getting cleared up because the real communication's not there. Perhaps, for example, I'm just fed up with uh, my husband's ex. I'm just fed up with that. Is he really the problem? Initially, for the first couple of years, my answer would have been, well, of course. Yes, yeah. that's, that's, she's your ex. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, you're the problem. You're creating the problem. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, it's it's easy to get, it's easy to place blame where there are some other things that are really happening underneath that aren't mm -hmm. necessarily to do with the marriage, but they might be difficult to talk about. Well, that's so true. They might be difficult to talk about, but these are where if we're going to move toward one another, we have to be willing to be honest with mm -hmm. what's really the issue. And, and you know what's interesting about that is you can't always define it. And therefore, it's good to talk about it because I might not even have defined it myself. I just know there's something niggling at me, you know, there's something that's really bugging me and I'm getting mad and I'm angry and I'm stomping around and, and I can't articulate it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to be able to have that conversation, you know. I know one of the things that you do so well with me is we have these little coaching sessions mm -hmm. where you can draw something out that maybe I wasn't really thinking about. I'm like, yeah, gosh darn you, put your finger on it. That's it. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's good. Those kinds of conversations do help us understand one another better. That's why I really like the way you said, don't let spiritual problems become marital problems because the devil's going to attack, y'all. Mm -hmm. The devil's going to attack. He doesn't like good, strong Christian families. That's right. That's right. And the world's going to attack it too, by the way. That's what brings us here. So a real quick example. First, let's go back and state the mission again and invite our couples into the mission. So mission number two, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to move toward one another, move toward one another by articulating your partner's position. You know how the uh, every year we have the State of the Union address or companies evaluate their progress once a year in this big strategic meeting. So this is what we're proposing in this conversation. What is the state of your marriage? How would you describe how your partner feels about your marriage by articulating what their position would be, what they might be concerned about, what they might be pleased with? So if you need some ideas on how to generate that conversation, just start looking around in the past year. What kind of things have you experienced together? What's gone well and what hasn't gone well? And then how would you describe it from your partner's position? Yeah, and it, it might even be comfortable for you to go away independently and just take some notes, write down, hey, here's what my, my wife, here's what my husband thinks about our marriage. And you might find when you come together that you were quite incorrect. <laughs> that happens. You might find that you were quite correct as well. I think you may. I think it's going to be a mix, don't you? Sure, sure. I think it's going to be educational. Yeah, for sure. So that's your mission this week, couples. If you are interested in going back to the first mission, we've got that linked for you in the show notes. If you're stumped and wondering, how do I get this conversation started? 
come on over to the Facebook group. We've got people talking in there and we'll help offer up questions that you can ask your partner to assess the state of your marriage so you can prevent redivorce. Amen. All right, family. We'll catch you on next week's mission.